So, salam you guys. Um, today's topic, I want to call it that, we'll kind of do patience or sabr. Um, now, with everything going on around the world, Afghanistan, Iraq, Palestine, everywhere else, well, everywhere in the Ummah, really. And just kind of watching from afar, not being able to do much, per se, physically, not being able to do much or help much. Um, we are left with uh, nothing but the dua and, you know, making dua for them, which obviously is one of the greatest defenses against such things going on. So, at times, regardless, when you do feel so helpless and whatnot, me and Saif were talking about it in the car, you know, the day, on the day of judgment, when everyone will be held accountable for what they've done, they'll be brought to justice. Not a single thing can escape Allah's judgment and Allah's punishment on that day. Because he is the most, uh, he's the best of judges. Um, so, when we do feel hopeless, as Muslims, we have one thing. We know that punishment and judgment and the fair judgment, especially of people, oppressors will come and will be far worse than what they have, well, would have been if it was punished in this world. What Fir'aun and Abu Jahl and Abu Lahab went through in this world is nothing compared to what Allah has in store for people like them in a day of judgment. Regardless, it is difficult to watch on nonetheless as we, you know, watch the news, Al-Aqsa, you know, on fire, our brothers in Palestine and crying out for help. And it's just memories of the past that we have to hold on to. Salah Adina Yubi and Khalid bin Walid and Umar ibn Khattab. May Allah be pleased with all of them. You know, we have just their memories to kind of push us on. But someone said, honestly, this Ummah right now is way too fixated on the past. It's way too fixated on the past. We're constantly looking back and admiring what Umar ibn Khattab done and what uh, and what Khalid bin Walid done and, and what Salah al managed to do. But none of us can never do what they did. And we're not ready to do it. And we're not willing to do it. That's something we can't deny. We are a very weak ummah at that, to be honest. And I don't want to sound, I don't want to make it sound like I am extreme, but it's not extreme to be disgruntled and angry at what's going on. I slap you, you'll be angry. That's just the human reaction. A loss will make me angry, will make me hurt. You physically oppressing me will make me angry. So to be disgruntled, to be angry is not extreme. It's not extreme at all. But nonetheless, what do we have here? We only have our du'as. And we can only make du'a that Allah makes them successful. 
I can't like it's heavy, it's hard. Because unless you're really firm upon your belief and you're really firm upon your du'as and you believe that truly if your if your du'as make a difference, then it's gonna be hard, you know? But here's here's the real kicker. I'll get into the the importance of patience in a second. But the real kicker is that our actions, our sins, affect the Ummah. No? Who remembers this, the story of, I believe it was a gathering upon um, Musa salam, and they wanted rain. So they asked Musa salam, ask, ask Allah that Allah blesses us with some rain. But no, no rain came down. And so they're like, Allah informed them that there's someone among you that is a sinner and, and we can't, we, we won't bestow this rain until he repents. Somebody in like the desert or something. Yeah, and um, then that person makes repentance very secretly. Um, and then Allah reveals, you know what, this person has repented and the rain comes down. I think he was either asked again to make the dua or you know the rain just nonetheless the rain rain, rain came Musa salam asked Allah how comes you, I thought you said there was a sinner he goes he'd repented and he done a repentance that was worthy that warranted it a very quick and important interjection about the story it's that it's only been narrated by uh, Ibn Qudama rahimullah in Kitab al-Tawabin and therefore uh, it's not very credible as it also begins with it was related that and we have no tracings back to the Prophet uh, but it could be that the pro uh, that the story is from the story of the Israelite narrations so we kind of know neither accept it nor deny it a more relevant hadith could be Sunan Abi Dawood 4297 when the Prophet ﷺ mentions there will be a time when nations gather against you just as people gather around a feast a man will ask is this because we are little in numbers at that time? The Prophet ﷺ replied, No, you're very numerous in numbers, but you'll be very useless. And Allah will remove from the enemies the fear that they which they once had uh, from you in their chests. And uh, he will place al-wahan in your hearts. And when asked what this was, he said, It is the love of life and the hatred of death. That, that goes to show, like, we are, our very actions affect the people around us. So, let's, for example, one of us here is a sinner. We're, we're all sinners, but one of us here is a sinner. Now, you affect the gathering. Not to say that you shouldn't be in the gathering, but you affect the gathering. Then that gathering forms a group, a friendship group. That friendship group makes up a community. That community makes up a city. That city makes up a country. Well, many cities make up a country. That country is a significant amount of Muslims. That's now a huge part of the Ummah. Do you see the image? Uh, if somebody slowly starts to make acceptable music and slowly starts to make accept acceptable uh, free mixing and slowly, someone slowly makes acceptable many other forms of sins, then it slowly becomes acceptable amongst that group. 
that group then amongst the community, that community then amongst the, you know, you get the picture. Our very actions, our very sins, do affect the people around us. And that does affect the people in the bigger picture, whether you like it or not. That's why if you're gonna sin, it best be private. Because if Allah granted you the opportunity and Allah blessed you enough so that your sin was hidden and He hid it for you, keep it in private. Because as far that's it, nobody knows. It's between you and Allah. But don't make your sin public. Don't go talking about the fact that, oh, you know what? This You all saw that, that thing of the Netflix show on, on, on uh, social media. She breaks her fast with... Um, uh, a shot, yeah, a shot of alcohol or something, but says Bismillah. That's mockery. That's straight mockery. That's Islamophobic, right? And you're mocking the whole entire religion. Now there was a few so-called Muslims that said, you know what? This is representation. This is actual representation. This is what some of the Ummah is like. First of all, huge worrying sign. Is this really what the rest of the Ummah is like? And if that is the, what the rest of the Ummah is like. Why was Benny? Why was Rain withheld from this group of people because of one man's action? Now you're telling me when the whole Ummah, a huge population of the Ummah is like this, you accept it to be dandy, you expect it to be nice, you expect it to be roses. Okay, that's that's the first thing. Let's continue. So this is this is what the rest of the Ummah is like. They are representing us well. Again. And then you go on to say, well, because I've done this myself. I've, I've uh, broken my fast with a blunt. By the way, I thought this was just ludicrous. I thought this was just social media. But I asked one of my mates, he goes, no, you'd be surprised to know how many people actually do break their fast with a blunt, with a cigarette. By the way, to be more general, how many people break their fast with a cigarette, with uh, a shot of alcohol, with anything that is not even permissible let alone just, just straight up harmful to your body. We're advised very beautifully by the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ, dates, it's good for you, it's good for your body, break of dates. Three especially, that's the Sunnah. Yeah, you go break it with, what is your fast? Who are you doing it for? Some people can't even fast because, oh, I went to university, I was at college, and there's a lot of fitness around me, there's a lot of girls around me. And I can't, I can't fast. Because then if I'm looking, then what's the point of my fast? What did I gain from my fast? So I decided not to fast and I just break my fast with a cigarette. Oh, blimmin' heck. So not only are you not fasting, not only do you not decide to do it, but you're just going to smoke on that day regardless. You're going to look regardless. Is that how weak our nafs is? Is that how weak of a control we have over our nafs? That you can't even do it in the month of Ramadan? When there is no outside influence to an extent, to a to a large extent from the shayateen, you can't control yourself. Like, subhanAllah, it's very if this is what the ummah is like, and this is the action of the ummah, and and only Allah can judge me. Oh, I love those kinds of people. Oh, only Allah can judge me, Akhi. Nobody else can judge me. Who are you to judge me? Oh, UK Muslim Twitter. Oh, you, oh, oh this, oh that. Why is that your concern? Why is your concern who's going to judge you? Why is your concern not how is my actions going to affect somebody else? Why, why is that not your first thought? 
Why are you there acting surprised when Palestine is going through what it goes through, when Afghanistan goes through what it goes through, when Iraq and Kurdistan and uh, everywhere else across the Ummah goes through what it goes through? Why are you surprised? Because are you not adding to the problem? And yes, no, do not ever look at what happened in, for example, there was that protest in London recently where they decided to have dabka there and music during Ramadan, during Ramadan. Free mixing music, debka. And this is for who? The people that are dying in Palestine. The people that are under, uh, under attack. The people in uh, uh, Sheikh Jarrah that are losing their homes. You're doing the debka for them. It's like my, it's like a friend of mine dying, God forbid. And I'm gonna dance for him. I'm gonna sing songs for him. The stupidity of it. What good does that bring him? What good is it reminiscing on, on that? What is it of beautifying their names and their cause through that, through singing for them, through dancing about them? And it, it's, just, it's just straight up stupidity. How, how, how do you expect to look your brothers in the eyes, uh, in the eyes uh, on the day of judgment? Oh, this is, this is how I helped your cause. I didn't, I didn't go make the du'a, or I, did, I, I didn't make du'a for you as well, to be honest. What was I doing? I, I went, I went to did, I did the dabka. Why? Because that's a part of your tradition. The imams, the, the sheikhs, the, the children, the women in Gaza, they're crying out for help, and you go do dabka for them. They're, they're getting tear gas and sound bulbs thrown at them, and you're going to do dabka for them. And you're going to go break your fast with a shot for them. And then you go up on social media and say, oh my God, yeah, Allah help them. Oh my God, I'm so heartbroken, I can't believe this. Why is no one talking about this? With every, every post that you should see, you should look really deep within. What am I like? How much am I contributing to, first, the, oppress the oppressors? Because if you're not impacting this ummah in a good way, then you are that person that was the reason that rain is being withheld. I, I believe I'm, I'm not a sheikh, I'm not a scholar, I'm nothing. I'm just some idiot that has something and just rants, to be honest. So don't, don't take what I say as like a sheikh's speech or something like that. Take it as some idiot that is ranting without any Islamic basis, to be honest. But I believe if, you have, if you're not benefiting the ummah, you are... That person that, in that, when Musa Islam asked for rain, rain was withheld because of that one person and his sins. The key factor in that story, by the way, isn't don't sin, because then we'd be prophets and angels. The fact is, be repentful. Be repent, just repent. Be sincere and repent. Have some shame, have some haya, have some modesty. Have some control over your desires. Shot this, shot that. You're going to be dead. You know, in Taraweeh today, we um, had uh, Surah Hajj. Just a correction here. It was Surah Al-Mu'minun, verse 14, verse 15, verse 16. It's you were born, then you died, then it's Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Three verses following each other. You were born, you, you died, you will die, then it's Yawm Al-Qiyamah. There isn't, like, that's how short it is. It's how short it is. We, we discussed in the last gathering, when on Yom Al-Qiyam, when we were resurrected, people will say, was it, was it a day? 
that we were we were on earth in that in that life was it a day some some might say 10 but most will say is was it a day it may have been a day half a day this life of 70 60 40 20 10 years that you live this life where you're so concerned about the validation of others this life where making money and by the way, again, I say this, making money is not bad. You should make dua that Allah blesses you with wealth so that you can give back to the people. So that when causes like this happen, for example, you can give back to the ummah, you can give back to charity, you can look after your family, which is a charity. Looking after yourself is a charity. Don't be stingy. So, yes, but I mean this, like as in, for those that are so stingy and they want to make money all the time, that their life goal is around money that their life objectives are about validation and clout and likes and shares and uh, influence and how many people they get to have talk and say nice things about them which is so common in our communities as long as the community likes you alhamdulillah that's good that's good no matter what the community is like as long as this is what your goal is in life this life that you think is so long and so lengthy that you work for and this is what you work for this is it you were born, then you're dead. Then, Yawm Al-Qiyam. On that day when Allah calls out, who's left? When Mikael will take his own soul on the command of Allah, he will call out who is alive, who's there, who is there. And there will be a single response. And on that day when you are asked about your actions, when you are asked, what did you do? <laughs> it was a bit hard for me, to be honest, to fast, because um, there was a lot of girls there. Why did you come here then? Why did you come to the West? Why, why, why do you exist if you can't control your eyes? Are you that bihaya? Are you that bihshirm? Are you that bihadab? Are you that un uncontrollable of your desires? Okay, then, if I stare at your mother, what would you do? If I stare at your sister, what would you do? Uh, okay, I couldn't control myself. I couldn't control my nafs. You would go, you would go livid, you'd, you'd go ballistic. I can't control myself. Okay, let somebody stare at your parents and your mom and your, your dad and, and your sisters. And your wife, let, let them stare. Because Akhi, you should understand, they can't control their desires, can they? Do you understand how stupid it is? On that day when we're asked and we say, oh, I can't lie, I really wanted a shot, I was craving a shot. These men crave shots and alcohol as if it's coffee, bro. I, do you understand how much of a... Like, are you okay in the head? Okay, cool. I'm not going to disregard that it's an addiction and you're going to have to withdraw from it for anyone that's going through it. But is this not a wake-up call? Is this not a wake-up call? Is what's happening around the world not a wake-up call? Because you do influence the Ummah. Yes, you will get what you, you deserve. If you carry upon this path, you will get what you deserve on Yom Al-Qiyamah because nothing will go. The Sahabas had alcohol. The Sahabas, there was alcohol in their lifetime. Before Allah said, the verses came down that alcohol was, no, was haram and no longer for them to sell or consume or anything like that, they were consuming it. Some of the Sahabas, I believe, were alcoholics, but they stopped upon the commands of Allah. They stopped. Why? Because your very actions impact the Ummah. Why was Badr such a small number? Why was Uhud such a small number of soldiers? 
Because what Allah blessed the people of Badr, if it was just anyone with whoever attended Badr to be of those of, of uh, uh, Jannah, to be of the people of Jannah, if it was just anybody, if it was a munafiqun, if it was a, a liar, a kathab, was it, would, would he have done it? You will get filtered out. On Yawm Al-Qiyamah, you will get filtered out of the Muslims. You will no longer hide behind your little, oh, my parents are Muslim, oh, I'm Muslim. Oh, it's okay that I say this. Some, some quote-unquote, Muslims are more Islamophobic than non-Muslims. You say more Islamophobic and do more damage to the Muslim Ummah than anybody else. Oh, why? Because oh, I am Muslim. Honestly, it's, it's so damaging how each and every single one of us acts to the Ummah. It's so damaging. And don't hit anybody with only Allah can judge me because the only way that somebody else will judge somebody else is based off of your piety. Based off your piety is how I can judge. I will not go and meet brothers in the club and say, these are my brothers for life because I cannot tell what's in their heart. Well, okay, where are they right now? What are they doing? What are they doing? Huh? The only way that you can judge somebody is just based off of how, how they are as Muslims. For example, the brothers here, you chose to be here. It's, it's what, what time is it? It's uh, 1.13, right? It's, it's 1 a.m., it's 1.13. 1, yeah, you, you guys chose to be here. No one forced you, no one told you to be here. You came here because why? After this, we're going to pray tahajjud. Then we're going to have suhoor together as brothers. And then we're going to pray fajr together in congregation as we did Isha and as we did uh, Tarawih, alhamdulillah. We chose to be here. Now I can judge based off of this that you guys do care about your akhirah, that you guys are good for my, uh, for my akhirah because this is what you like to do. This is the kind of gatherings that you enjoy. Right? So I can judge you based off of that. What else am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to say, oh, bro, that guy that I met at the club, I'm sure he's a lovely brother because I don't know what's in his heart. That's just... Okay, how is somebody going to hire somebody if it's not suitable for the job? Oh, I know what's in his heart. I, it doesn't make any sense. People will judge you. It's a part of who we are, and it's a part of how we're supposed to keep good company around us. Because Surah Furqan, you, when the people call out, oh, it was because of fulan and fulan and fulan that this happened. It's fulan and fulan and fulan that I fell into this. You cannot blame on nobody else because you are judged for what you did. They'll be judged for what they did, but you'll be judged for what you did. Don't blindly follow people. Again, that was from Surah Isra that we read in Taraweeh. Don't, don't follow people. Don't blindly follow. Because that will come back to bite you. For example, go back to Surah Furqan. Fulan Fulan led me. No, 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 that doesn't count. You chose to follow. You chose to do it. So people will judge you. Why? Because that's how I'm supposed to keep the good company around me. If you're not good company, that's it. I judge you. I based off of that, and I leave that company. Don't get me wrong. I wish the best for you. May Allah guide you. I will limit my interaction with you, though. Why? Because I have my akhirah to deal with. It's a bit of a rant, to be honest, and I think I should get onto the verses about having sabr during this period because, as you can see, it's a very um, sensitive topic, per se, with what's going on around the world. But I think before we can even think about helping anybody, being any of any of any use, being angry at these Zionists, because it's Zionism, it's not Judaism, it's Zionism. It, this cancer of a country and 
it's not a country, they're just claiming to be something. These group of thugs, before you can get angry at any of them, just, just look at yourself. I mean, it's first and foremost to myself. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not a sheikh. I'm not anything. I'm literally, like I said, I am just a, a little idiot that just wants to have a little rant right now and feels very emotional, of course, as we all should. But first and foremost to ourselves, I think we really should look within ourselves. We really should make a change it's because the reality of humans, of insans, is that we forget. We're very forgetful. We'll forget about this tomorrow. Forget about this feeling of anger when it kind of calms down, or we no longer see it in the media, right? That's how it works. Relationships, we kind of forget about relationship if we don't see it. That's how we get over deaths, right? We kind of slowly let their memories fade away, and we're okay with it afterwards. Uh, if we remember afterwards every once in a while, then it's okay. Hey, the insan is very forgetful. Allah has said we're very forgetful people. We're very forgetful beings. So we'll forget how this feels. We'll forget the pain right now. We forget th the reminder, which is to make a change within ourselves. Tomorrow. We'll, we'll, probably first thing tomorrow, we'll forget. But just, just promise to yourself, daily, look within yourself, daily, with every little post, with every little reminder about what's happening around the world, first and foremost, look at yourself. First and foremost, go pray. Go make a dua. Go ask Allah for forgiveness. Go ask Allah to help your brothers and sisters around the world that they may be relieved from the modern-day pharaohs that we have around us. Because look around you everywhere. I don't think you'll find a single good Muslim leader. Why? Because it is like a cricket field out there. Whenever anything happens around in Palestine, Afghanistan, anywhere, cricket field. Nothing. You won't hear anything. You, you won't. Not a single response from anyone, any acclaimed uh, great leader that we have, Muslim leader per se, quote-unquote. You won't get any reactions. So just just look within yourselves and make dua that Allah does alleviate and lightens their load, makes them successful in what's going on around them, inshallah. We obviously know the importance of sabr and reliance on Allah um, from those taqwits from Tahir. Have patience in Allah and trust that Allah will take care of your affairs. Obviously the saying, of that is, you know, tie your camel and then take care of your affairs. Um, so, you know, regarding patience, there's a huge importance given it, given it by Allah. For that reason, you're patient when you're going through trials and tribulations. Now, we're not uh, inflicted with anything anywhere near what the Palestinians and what's happening in Afghanistan and what's happening in Iraq, we're nowhere near going through what they're going through. However, you will hurt when they hurt. That's what the Ummah means. When one part of the body hurts, the rest hurts. So for us here, and them especially as well, sabr, patience, and du'as. But, as we said, to be honest, to be... To, to make a change, again, that same saying, when a body hurts, the Prophet ﷺ, he described this ummah as like a body part, when one part of it hurts, the rest of it hurts. You have a headache, the whole body hurts. You have a, a little pain in your fingertips, in your arms, in your legs, and your whole body hurts. The same way. That can also be described for when we sin. 
The same way that you affect you affect the Ummah with every sin you affect the Ummah, I affect the Ummah. But what matters is that you repent and you're sincere in your repentance. Hey look, let's say you smoke cigarettes. If you smoke, try to keep it private. Try to smoke only when you're in private. Because we know how bad it is when you sin publicly. So try to keep the sin in private. See if you can actually see if you're able to actually smoke. See if you're then able to actually smoke. And if you are, you've reduced it greatly. You're only doing it when you're you're there by yourself at home. You're no longer doing it in front of others. And then you you're sincere in your repentance for uh, to Allah. You're sincere in your repentance to Allah. Let's go play in just a second. Um, and if you're sincere in, in, in your repentance, then that's good, alhamdulillah. You actually, you commit the sin, okay, but you don't have a negative effect on the ummah. In fact, the blessings can come because of your repentance, as we said with that, that incident. Uh, you've got these really trivial matters in our daily lives, really trivial matters in our daily lives, especially here sitting in daily, in very luxurious state not knowing what they go for and how they feel when they go through what they go through. We don't know how it feels to be tear-gassed and sound-bombed and bombed, literally. We don't know how that feels. But we've sit here with very luxurious, trivial matters. Ah, oh, the bank account, this money's going out, that money's going out. Ah, got to go do this tomorrow. Got to wake up for my lecture tomorrow. Imagine this is what we complain about. This is what we complain about. Not the fact that, alhamdulillah, Allah blessed us financially to be able to be here at university. Allah blessed us financially to be able to pay for that thing that's going out of your bank account now. Not, not, not to worry, not, not to be grateful of the matter that Allah gathered you here with drinks and food abundantly available to you. No, 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 no. But it's a problem that money leaves your bank account. It's a problem that you have to wake up early tomorrow. Like, such trivial matters take up our everyday lives when i'tikaf in aqsa they're doing i'tikaf and they get sound bombed and tear but a tear gas bombed like all of these like how vile of an insect you have to be to do that and and that is their states where even in the house of allah these 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 insects won't let them rest and have, have ease a third holiest site, and that is the. I I really, really do believe that we are responsible for what happens there. When we sin, we are responsible for what happens there. Oh, it's just it's so frustrating because we are a part of this problem. We are a part of it. So all your all the thoughts of oh jihad this oh jihad that oh bro go fix yourself go go fix yourself first. Go if you're going to commit a sin. Let your repentance be ten times greater than that. Don't be so big and haughty. You won't crack the earth. Allah said in Isra, you won't crack the earth. You, you won't crack a, uh, cause a crack upon the face of the earth, nor will you... Uh, some, something else, I don't want to say it if, I, if it's wrong. You can't do nothing. You can't raise the dead. You can't do anything without the permission of Allah. So repent to Allah. Seek forgiveness for these little things that actually... It, look, I won't, I won't argue, it's hard, we make sins, but repent. 
You have a Lord that forgives. We have, alhamdulillah, we have Allah, the most merciful, the most compassionate. He will forgive. He will forgive. And seriously, that's all you have to do. Just make sure you forgive. Just make sure you put full conviction in Allah that He will forgive you. Because when you don't, when you decide to let things marinate a little bit, when you decide to let things pile up, oh, it is what it is, it's okay, uh, only Allah can judge me, oh this, oh that. It's frustrating because you, we are then a part of that problem. We are responsible for what happens in Afghanistan. We are second-handed responsible for what happens in Aqsa and everywhere else. Fix yourself and make dua, inshallah, the last nights of Ramadan. And hey, du'as and taraweeh and tahajjud, well, taraweeh qiyam al-layl, uh, are not only restricted to Ramadan. Way after Ramadan, keep them in your du'as. It's not a Ramadan thing only that you keep them in your du'as. It's not a Ramadan thing that you only do qiyam al-layl. It's just you're rewarded much more greatly because it can fall upon the nights of Laylatul Qadr. So keep, keep going, keep striving for the sake of Allah. Keep seeking his forgiveness no matter what happens and don't let shaitan fool you into thinking it won't happen because the moment you do that, that's when you became a, become an even greater problem to the ummah. And that's really what it is. With, with, with every day that you allow shaitan to manipulate you, make you look like a fool and think, you know what, Allah won't accept your repentance, you, you become a greater problem to the ummah day by day. Sin by sin by sin by sin. Seek his forgiveness. He is the most merciful. He asked you to seek his forgiveness and he will give it to you if it's sincere. What's stopping you from making a sincere, uh, a sincere repentance? Do you think he's not merciful enough? Do you think he won't forgive what you did? Why would he not forgive what you did? And get rid of your ego. Get rid of your pride and this arrogance. If you need to seek somebody else's mercy because you wronged him, go seek his mercy, even if you look like a fool upon fools. Even if you look like a... Even if you... In your eyes, you look low. In your eyes, you look like you're, you're begging for someone's mercy. Well, exactly because you wronged him and Allah won't forgive you until you wronged him. Yalla, jazakallah khair for listening so far and everybody else for getting here. Um, and it's been a much more of an emotional one than we've ever had. But subhanAllah... You know, special circumstances, I guess. Uh, but yeah, again, JazakAllah for listening and JazakAllah for everybody for the gathering here as well. Assalamu alaikum.